0: Michelle Sorrow and this is Fire and Soul, a community where awakening leaders and truth seekers gather to unite in sovereignty in today's triggered world. Featuring courageous and compassionate conversations, Fire and Soul will help you reclaim sovereignty in life, love, and leadership. Let's listen, learn, and stand together as models for our new world starting now. Well, hello, family of light. Welcome back to Our Sacred Sanctuary. I'm so grateful that you are here. And thank you very much for those of you who have taken time to leave a review on Apple Podcast. It is so deeply appreciated. And by the way, if you've been listening to this show and getting any value, If you'd please hit pause right now and head on over to Apple Podcasts, it'll take literally a minute of your time and leave a review with something specific that really resonated or stood out or that was helpful for you in your journey. It really helps those who need the medicine of fire and soul be magnetized to our community. It's the way that the algorithms work with Apple podcasts, and it still is the lion's share of the reach worldwide by about 85%. And so it means so much to me, especially again, if you've been getting any value from, uh, these episodes, these doses, and uh, if you do that right now, that would just be so deeply appreciated, not just for me, but for those who need it the most. I want to read a review that came in just a few days ago from XUXUCA1010. The title says, the sunshine that fires our souls, five stars. I can only say my life has spiked with so much more joy and truth by knowing you, your passion and knowledge resonates with guidance, abundance, love, peace, and truth. Thank you for sharing and guiding us to a better living. Your light shines brighter every day, and it is a joy to listen to you. It's like you are in my living room, so casual and talking easy. Thank you very much for that review. It is so deeply appreciated. Some of you love to send DMs or emails or... Mm, yeah, private messages on Facebook. If you'd be willing, just take that snapshot, extract what you've shared with me directly, and leave that as your review. That's enough. Again, the algorithms really start to amplify and reach out with digital, you know, tendrils for those who need the medicine. And that's how we grow this community. That's how we really join forces and expand in our intention to live reclaim and embody a soft and sovereign blueprint which is really the direction of fire and soul Today's guest, oh boy, someone very special to me that I had the honor of meeting in my plant ceremony uh, experience just a few weeks back. And she comes on the show to show share more of uh, the ayahuasca insights that were really profound for her. And then as she integrated, I believe as deeply and profoundly as I have these last few weeks, I knew I had to have her on the podcast. So I want to let you know what is Uh, coming up for you. Uh, This is a return to devotion. It was a big theme in my guest experience and especially being uh, revealed more deeply in her integration. So we touch on learning how to embody devotion, in life, love, and leadership in our 3D reality, right? Because this is the world we live in. And while we can talk about the great awakening and the grand ascension, what I'm learning more and more is that it's happening here on planet Earth in this 3D reality. And so when we can learn to harness that and embody that and live with it as who we be. That's when we get to experience heaven on earth right now, no matter what is happening in the headlines or what might be a part of like the great resets agenda, right? We also speak about how to cultivate self-trust to honor your sacred boundaries, the important and liberating distinction between discipline and devotion, learning how to create space for your creative flow and so much more. My guest today is my divine sister, Natalie Hope Reinfeld. She's an entrepreneur and empowerment mentor whose mission is to help people cultivate divine love in their relationships. In her 10 years of experience in the health and wellness space, she's integrated many somatic and cognitive exercises that help people foster a deep sense of inner peace. Her methods for expansion are grounded in astrology, Human design, ACT therapy, depth psychology, eco psychology, nonviolent communication, IFS, yoga, Buddhism, Sufism, and Taoism. As a forever student and devoted teacher, she is currently receiving her master's in transpersonal psychology and consciousness studies. You can learn more about her one on one programs and offerings by reaching out to her on Instagram at its. Natalie Hope. And I'll leave that link in the show resources. I'll also leave a link to my medicine playlist that I have been curating for over two and a half years, as well as a link to join me in my Telegram channel called The Awaken Collective. Many of you have come over recently, and it's such an honor and a joy to dive deeper into reclaiming our sovereign blueprint there with a lot of resources that. May be of value to you if you feel called to join us. So, my friends, without further ado, here is more in the ayahuasca insights, a return to devotion with Natalie Hope Reinfeld. Enjoy. It's such an honor to have you here. Welcome to Fire and Soul. Thank you. It's so nice to be here. <sighs> oh, look at that big old smile that you have on your face. So you are currently in Puerto Rico. We met at our Shipibo plant medicine ceremony little more than two weeks ago, but yet in those types of environments, you just go so deep and there's such a beautiful divine sisterhood connection available, if we're willing. And I felt that immediately with you. I just read your incredible bio and some of the highlights, but I'd love for you to take a moment to introduce yourself and share any part of your journey that's led you to this moment. And then I would love a guided meditation, since you're known for that, to just open up the conversation into a more deeper space.
1: Totally. Thank you. Yeah. So my journey until this moment,
0: <laughs> such <laughs> a
1: big question. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, growing up, I'll try to keep my childhood brief, but it was a very uh, transformative part of my life. As my parents are two badass CEO entrepreneurs. They got married and started this um, really successful company together. But during that time got divorced and my family dynamic was very complicated. And through that process of growing up, I really learned how to navigate conflict, how to be a diplomat and, you know, learning all those people-pleasing skills, how to handle my emotions and contain my emotions so that I felt safe. Um, And while I felt like the black sheep when I was younger, I also felt very lucky to have the lifestyle and upbringing that I had. Um, my mom was very devoted to providing for our family, as well as um, making sure that we had time for um, our own family activities and rituals. So it was really beautiful. And... Um, Growing up, I didn't know that, like, oh, I definitely want to be a coach or a therapist. I mean, back then, the vocabulary didn't really exist. Um, but I was bred to be in the business world, as you could imagine. And so I thought, okay, well, maybe I'll, you know, be the next person in my family's business to run the company. Or maybe maybe I'll start my own company. But I really like teaching. Um, but teaching was not really in my my parents' vocabulary of what I could do when I grew up. I mean, my mom was kind of open, but it wasn't something that she encouraged me to do because it was pretty foreign to her. And so I think I didn't really trust myself growing up that much. I was always listening to my parents for guidance. And while that's great when you're younger, as you're growing up, you have to learn to decondition that. And I was always going to them for advice and trusting that they would make the best decisions for me um, because they were so successful. So they must know what's best for me, right? Mm. Um, fast forward, I you know, started working in New Jersey. I um, you know got introduced to yoga and I thought, why don't I get my yoga teaching certification? I quit my job after a few years working in the oil business and then I moved to Singapore still in the oil business, was a broker. It was very fast paced, intense. Um, and I was really like in the crazy rich Asian lifestyle, partying and, um, meeting tons of people, exploring, traveling, but I was really burning the candle at both ends. And while I switched professions to work at a fitness app company that was later acquired by ClassPass, um, It was really fun, and it felt fulfilling for a while, but deep down, I was still really unhappy, and I couldn't understand why I was so anxious and why I, you know, would just cry sometimes in my room or never wanted to be alone, and um, I stumbled upon a life coach who was amazing. I'm still friends with him today. And he really helped me tune into my emotional well-being and what it meant to be emotionally intelligent, what it meant to, you know, think positive. Um, <laughs> Got to take out that definition because it is so toxic. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, we like reframed how I was looking at my life and how I was looking at my past. And that kick-started my own journey into investing into many personal development programs, retreats, um, courses, more life coaches. And I was just so fascinated about how our minds really shaped the way that we were, um, Mm -hmm. our reality. You know, like it shaped the way that we handled our emotions and um, our relationships, everything. So why I'm here, I went on this plant medicine retreat, which was Absolutely mind blowing. I've had some experience with psychedelics before. And um, because of my party lifestyle in the past, it wasn't something that was so scary to me. But mm-hmm. I'll tell you, and you know this, that medicine starts working on you before you even get there. And
0: <laughs> I. How did that show up for you? Because this was your first time trying plant medicine, yes? Okay. Yeah. How did first she time. start working with you uh, before you got to the actual ceremony? Well, I am
1: in my master's program now, and I did a weekend course on happiness, creativity, flow, thought it'd be uplifting. We ended up talking about death most of the time and grief. <laughs> and that brought up this fear of death that I have, which you know everyone has, I'm sure. Um, and it's not something that we address in our everyday lives. It's not something that there's space for. And I watched another series of episodes by my teacher and it felt like the carpet was just pulled out from underneath me. And for two days, I didn't feel like I had solid footing. Like my, I, my anxiety was really high. Like I just, I felt okay. But I was like, well, what if I do die on this trip? Is this crazy? Like my ego was just going into overdrive, um, Yeah. So I
0: definitely felt that, (laughs) you know, it's, it's that life, death balance. We're always in the midst of life, death. And I love that you brought this up because what we've been talking about on this, in this sacred sanctuary for many months now is being willing to face our mortality, especially in light of so many things happening in the world that could be like that worst case scenario that who knows if that will ever manifest, but It's like when you can face death, then you're free. Mm -hmm. What was your experience when you actually got to sit with all of the feels around that carpet being pulled out from underneath you and you not having any solid footing?
1: It was so scary at -hmm. one point, but also very profound. And now I'm going into the plant medicine ceremony because... You know, beforehand, there was two days I was feeling ungrounded and, like, I was just in disbelief that other people couldn't view the world or may not be viewing the world in the same way that I had seen it at that point. Mm-hmm. And then when I got to the ceremony, my intention wasn't, like, I want to face this fear of death. It was just I want to trust myself. I want mm-hmm. to fully, deeply trust myself. I want to... um be able to fully express myself and feel confident in who I am. And I was not expecting the experience that I, <laughs> like you set your intentions, and when you're in it, you're, you know, my mind was like, how is this related? When my mind was like able to <laughs> think about my intentions, but, um, afterwards and like towards the tail end of the experience, you integrate it all. And I was like, whoa, I really feel like I trust myself now because I was able to fully surrender and let go of all these stories of pain and suffering um, that were holding me down and just made me feel so scared. And then there was that choice, which we talked about during the retreat. Like we always have a choice Mm-hmm. To either play into the game or play into whatever um, stories, disempowering stories, are going on in our mind or our body, or we can just let go and mm-hmm. surrender. And that's what happened, and it was so blissful once I did that. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, that was night one.
0: <laughs> that was just night one. One. Yeah. <laughs> well- What were your intentions, if you would be willing to share? Yeah. In ceremony, we each had an opportunity to express, you know, out loud, articulate, which, by the way, I found very much a transformational, insightful experience in and of itself. This was like an opportunity to get such clarity on what I really want, you know? What were your intentions? My intentions were to trust myself to
1: have more clarity on my mission Mm -hmm. in life, to feel more confident in who I was, to own who I was. Mm -hmm. I had a lot of intentions. I remember doing the call with um, our guides before and they were like, wow, it's a a long list. I'm like, yep, just give it all to me. (laughs) I'm going to make my wish list and see what happens. Um, So yeah, and work on healing my relationship with the feminine. Um, with my creativity, that was a big one, and tuning into more of my divine masculine. So those were my intentions before the weekend. And then on the second night, I set the intention to connect to source energy and just feel the compassion and love from source. I was like, that's it, keep it simple tonight. So.
0: I remember you sharing uh, that you wanted to embody devotion. That was how I remember hearing it. We're all on plant medicine. You know, it's a very tender time to go into the second night because we've already been told the first night we're clearing away the dense matter and the dense energy, right? And I loved the way that our facilitator um, expressed that. The second night, the medicine's able to actually do the real work because it's not having to clear out, you know, the present surface density right so we can go deep and narrow and I remember when you shared that I was just like oh my god I can't wait to hear from her tomorrow (laughs) before we go there I'd love it if you take us through one of your beautiful benevolent guided meditations speaking of devotion and speaking of self-trust and confidence it's how I know you and uh, if you're willing take us in my friend
1: yeah let's go So, you can just begin by closing your eyes and connecting the soles of your feet to the earth. And as you connect your feet to the earth, root your feet down so that you feel your spine straightening, your shoulders relaxing, and the crown of your head being open the sky and we'll take a few deep breaths here into our bellies and out of our nose so your next inhale take a nice deep full inhale into your belly all the way up through your chest holding it at the top and releasing Next, inhale, breathing in love and gratitude, feeling it expand through every molecule of your body. And slowly release what is not serving that energy. Hmm. And one more deep breath. Deep, full belly inhale, trusting that every breath will come and go. And releasing. And as you think of this trust that your body inherently has for you, it is always serving you and supporting you. You don't even have to ask your body to breathe. What if you just allowed yourself to trust that you knew exactly what to do in every moment. Just like your inhales naturally arise and exhales naturally fall away. What would your life look like if you were that present to just trust yourself in each moment in whatever you endeavored to do? Just feel into that energy. Perhaps you're feeling sensations in your shoulders or at the crown of your head, tips of your fingers and toes. and know that here in this present moment, you can trust. And that's all you need to get to the next spot. We'll just take one more deep breath. Sealing in this energy allowing it to surround you encompass you and place itself right inside of your heart when you're ready you can come back to our space mm.
0: And so it is. Thank you. Thank you. Mm. That felt like embodied presence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it feels
1: so <laughs> good when we can just slow down and feel.
0: Mm. Mm. Exactly. Feel. And feel anything that comes up. Yeah. You know? What I love about the person who invited us and because it was requested for for us to keep all the details, you know, between us, um, I've never shared, you know, about who, but I love how she's really helping me be with whatever comes up, the undone, the fucking mess, you know, the feelings that we've been told to suppress. Earlier, you said how toxic think positive is. I'd love for you to expand on that because I was raised on that. It's the generational term. And I think a lot of people have a lot of suffering that they might be unconscious to around that. And here you are, you just came out of the gate talking about how toxic that is. (laughs) Perspective of how that can be toxic and how it also can serve us because I'm learning there's really no right or wrong, good or bad, right? It's being able to discern what we're feeling and allowing to guide us in ways that do or do not serve us.
1: Yeah, totally. And thank you for bringing that up. Um, I was was raised in the same way. Like my mom and dad were both, you know, like, let's just get it done. And if these emotions are holding me back from getting what I want to done, then let's just put it away. (laughs) And so, and I... I know that at that time for them, when they were growing up, it served its purpose, you know, because it wasn't safe really to feel. And being uh, enrolled in coaches and therapists also wasn't really normal. And so, um, I mean, my dad, for many years, even up until 10 years ago or seven years ago, we thought therapy was, you know, for crazy people. So, <laughs> well, weak, weak
0: people, right?
1: Yeah, weak people. And so, Uh, this notion of think positive. Like I grew up loving the secret, um, read all these positivity books and why it's was ended up being so toxic is because I was just pushing those, um, quote negative emotions or those hard emotions, anger, sadness, fear, guilt, shame. I was pushing them away because I'm like, well, well, I could just be happy. So what, that, what, why that's toxic is because you, it doesn't go anywhere if you ignore it. It really just stays inside of you, and mm-hmm. emotions are energy in motion. And mm-hmm. so that energy, if you don't address it and let it flow out of you, it will just hang on, and over time it can be debilitating. And that's what happened to me when I was working in Singapore. I had this job at that fitness membership app called Guava Pass, I thought everything was going great. I was thinking positively and all that jazz, but I had these really bad chest pains. And I went to a doctor. He was like, well, go get an x-ray. The x-ray came up, nothing was there. Um, and I was like, "Well, what is it? And when I saw the coach, she was like, you have really bad anxiety. I'm like, no, I don't. I'm fine. I'm good. Like, I'm happy. I can do everything. And it was just, um, it was a real eye-opening experience. So yeah, that's what I, it can actually cause you physical pain in your body and it puts on your blinders. um, So you aren't able to see the truth. You're in this like delusional reality that everything's fine while you're ignoring the fires burning around you.
0: Right. Or numbing and suppressing, which is something that we talk a lot about here in this sacred sanctuary known as fire and soul and i'm really present right now to how much compassion i have for myself and for you and for everybody suffering from the anxiety and the grief and the rage and the shame that is an epidemic amongst humanity um i'm so compassionate because we didn't learn these tools of how to just be with whatever the emotions are, right, that are coming through. So now we're having to unlearn, deconstruct, which has been my last almost nine months. And I know you shared a similar experience. So how has your journey been uh, to, to navigate being with all of these feelings that you would never in the past want to admit you even have, much less experience? And then I want to delve into night two of our journey together. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. I was like, oh I want to talk more about devotion." but Yeah. Oh, this girl, is we're, we're, we're going deep. Their whole thing is a return to devotion. I yeah. really love how you shed a light on just the holy maturity and the divinity of what it means to be holy alive, which is a term that we kept hearing sung in the in the ikaros. So I'm getting the full body chills. Angels and guides are saying, "Yes, you're going deep here."
1: <laughs> yeah, I love it.
0: <laughs> okay,
1: so. <laughs> when I first started handling those scary emotions it was beyond difficult because it was so foreign to me um by mm-hmm. my, my uh, very briefly but my mom is very emotionless and my dad's um it she was now like and I at the time I viewed her as cold so my upbringing definitely facilitated like do not feel <laughs> unless you're happy basically um so, when I went into these places, I was like very, I was ashamed of having these feelings. And my coach really had to um, build a relationship with me before he thought I was ready to start to excavate it all. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, there was a lot of tears and fear because I was holding on to these stories from my past that I thought were absolutely awful and embarrassing. And you know, how could anyone do something like I did? Um, and there was a lot of anger. But then when I started writing it down, practicing forgiveness, mm-hmm. and then sharing bits of my process with my, with my mom, I realized that all these stories were just in my head. And some of the things that I remembered, she didn't even remember. And mm-hmm. I was like, wow, okay. I mean, that was a huge... Testament to how um powerful our memories are and how we just pick different events to internalize, so it was easier from that moment that aha moment to then go deeper, but that was like in twenty sixteen or twenty seventeen and I'm still on that journey of like you know allowing myself to feel, and I'm definitely better at it but um there's still times where you meet that resistance or at least I do and mm-hmm. i guess when you go on this journey it's like sure the first coach i had was incredibly transformational but that opened the door to like deeper um levels of like mistrust that i had and deeper mm-hmm. levels of self doubt and mm-hmm. like money mindset and so it opens a portal um, but I would say if you're starting the work, like just go for it and find someone you really trust to hold mm-hmm. you and have that compassion and have that that safety um, because that's what's important. And you just let yourself feel in those sessions. That's what my sessions are about. <laughs> I'm like, babe, I'm here for you. You just <laughs> let what you need out, and we work through it, and you know, start to. Um, then address the stories when they do come up about is this helpful or is this not helpful? Like, you, I can listen to fear, but it's not going to dictate my life, so that's when the thing positively can come back because you can be like, All right, this is happening, I'm going to accept that, but I'm going to choose my own path.
0: Yes, so yeah, when you said that when you learn to handle your emotions. What is an example of of that inaction?
1: Yeah, um, finding my own space to feel.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: if I'm upset or angry, going into my room, pounding pillows, going into a car, screaming in the car. So I'm not giving that energy to others. It's like taking radical responsibility for your emotions and your feelings.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: so that also looks like journaling, dancing, um crying like working out
0: yeah so it sounds like to me it's a somatic release yes 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 getting the energy out of your body through movement through sound through processing uh that's beautiful that's basically been the last two weeks of of my integration um and just when I think okay I'm smoothing out you know it's like Nope, we got more to offer. Yeah. Um, That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing um, what it can look like because I know that recently I was at an event called Soul Revival and one of the facilitators offered up tribal screaming with like live drumming and I mean, it was one of the most powerful experiences I've ever done and it stayed with me for days and days and days. I felt cleaned out. I felt so activated for the truth of who I really am, which was so pristine and holy. And then the very next weekend, I go to plant medicine. So, you know, I had. there's always more shedding. There's always more shedding. I'm I know, share, right? I'll share a quick story, and then I want to dive deeply into the night, too. My first time trying plant medicine at Rhythmia in Costa Rica in 2019, it was the very first night. There's going to be four nights. There's multiple cups offered per night. I've taken a half of cup first, you know, offer. And one of the shamans, there's a whole bunch in the room. And she came up to me and she said, is the medicine still with you? And I said, I think I'm good. Like I healed my heart. Like I'm good. It's half of the first night of night one of four. Yeah. But I really thought that, right. That's how conditioned we are to think of a quick fix. Mm -hmm. And I said, "I, I think my heart is healed. Like I felt special that I got it so fast. And she yeah. just patted me on the on the shoulder and she looked at me with such love. And she said, There's always more shetty. Yes.
1: Okay. So I drank yeah. another half
0: cup. <laughs> You're like, all right, yep, night one. <laughs> oh, that's the journey that we're on. So speaking yeah. of, we go into night two, you want to experience deep devotion. Can you give a reference for what that meant for you in that moment as the first night has cleared away some of the density? You're no longer even present to the intentions that you curated before you got to the ceremony. What was <laughs> alive for you that second night in, in
1: our yeah. circle? Well, honestly, so when I went into night two, I was like, I don't even want to drink anything. Like I'm good. Similar to you. I was like, No, I I think I I can just witness. That's powerful. I don't have to drink anything. Because the first night for me was a shock on my system, like mentally, emotionally, spiritually. And I was drained. Um, But when I went into night two, so my intentions were actually to connect with source and Mm -hmm. be in bliss. I was like... I don't want anything hard anymore. I just want to I just want to know how to rig this system. Yeah, right. Like I just want to be happy and be here. <laughs> Please. Um so that was my intention going in. And so I had like a little bit um, of the cup on, you know, when we first had our first serving. Yeah, you had 22%. Yeah, 20%. And I remember I I heard you go up after, you're like, 22%. I'm like, yeah, that's that's the number. (laughs) I was was scared. Yeah. Anyways, so (laughs) the night before, just funny thing, I like went up and I thought that two ounces was like, you know, a little, little bit more. And they both laughed at me. They're like, no, those two shot glasses, you want two cups after your first one? I was like, no, no, no,
0: no. (laughs) Um... (laughs)
1: But anyway, so went up, had a little bit, wasn't really feeling much. And then I was like, oh, well, maybe I should have done more, you know, just like getting my head. So I had a little bit more, didn't really feel much again. I was like, all right, you know, this is what I wanted, right? I didn't really want to feel anything. So just honor this. And like, who knows what could happen? I'm like still in the night. And then what hit me was um when I went up I think it was when I went up for the second cup he started praying to me and I was touched with this devotion and I was like mm-hmm. wow like that's mm-hmm. I can't believe you remembered all my intentions like mm-hmm. you know he has his book out and he's reading it all or singing it all and not just like for me but for everyone in this room that's and awesome. yeah and I was like that's so nice and so i went back and i was a little bit teary-eyed but then what really cracked me open was when the other facilitator she started singing the mm-hmm. Samasta prayer mm-hmm. and that was also the same prayer that was uh came on after my booth ceremony a year before and it's one of my favorite mantras and i just started crying Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, my God, like, this is just so beautiful. And um, I just feel the love in my body. And, wow, this is like, I can't really express it that well. But then what hit me was like, oh, my gosh, this is source. It's this devotional love. Mm -hmm. This is source. Mm -hmm. And I was overcome with gratitude and I couldn't stop crying. It's like when you read those Rumi poems and you, and he describes being with God as like being so drunk and like overjoyous and you're just crying because you feel all the love. He puts it much more poetically, but <laughs> um, but yeah, that's what I felt. And I, you know, couldn't shake that feeling. I was very touched. We went to bed um, and the next day I was, I woke up really sad and i realized that part of myself had um that i was grieving that part of myself that didn't trust myself to make way for this life of devotion Mm -hmm. and um you know i couldn't stop crying the next day because i was grieving but like i just then i with ruby's help Mm -hmm. because she's just an amazing rock and person and leader she um, guided me to being more grounded and then i just got literally on my knees and prayed and the sun came out from the clouds and i was just like okay like i'm here i am devoted this is it Uh (laughs) so yeah that was in summary Mm -hmm. my second night experience and i was not expecting that but that level of devotion cures something so deep in me and it still resides in me. Um, and I have my, my values that I had before the retreat, my five values, but then devotion circled. And I look at it every day. I'm Mm. like, like you remember you're devoted to listening to God. Just take the next steps. Just be with spirit and trust that Mm. he's got you. It's got you. You got yourself. (laughs)
0: he's got you, you've got yourself. That was something that um, one of the facilitators kept saying amidst the, Icaros, the 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 prayer cleanses, which is remember your sovereign blueprint, remember your sovereign blueprint, right? And that is that beautiful connection to source, which we're not separate from. I had the honor and privilege of getting to witness what was happening with you, outside because that's where you were you had taken your sleeping bag before dawn basically or right at dawn but the sun hadn't come up and it was really really cold out there and super foggy but it didn't matter to you you put your beanie on and you just went and snuggled in and and that outdoor sort of boho living room setup And, Mm -hmm. and then I saw her go out to you I saw you being attended to and it was it was so prayerful it was so fucking deep and rich and it was really, you know, because the journey and all of us there and what we're bringing and what we're observing and what we're witnessing, it's all oneness. If you can get present to the gifts of what someone else may, may be receiving, and then how can you receive that, right? So it was really healing from my heart in that moment, because that's when I was looping of, I'm, I'm never doing this again. This is fucking way too hard, you know, because all my stuff was up around self-trust as well. Mhm so that was so beautiful and then to have the honor to watch you or, or to get to hear your share in our closing integration circle um by the way that's probably where i heard the devotion it wasn't in, in the intentional ceremony it was in the closing ceremony so thank you for you know getting me present to the accuracy of that it didn't really matter it was all devotion <laughs> right
1: i'm like i don't even i'm like was i crying when i got my second cup i don't know like but <laughs> what matters is the essence that you take from the experience um, and that's, that's all that matters but yeah speaking on like the witnessing someone else going through their process like when I heard our facilitator come up to the person next to me that mm-hmm. also triggered this like gratitude and I really couldn't stop crying because I was like he's praying for him too like he's holding this space uh-huh. he's for medicine and like, he's just going and singing and like blessing us. And it was just so divine. And I think it just speaks to like, what would our life look like if we were all in devotion to just being, you know, on our path, living a life of love, of compassion, what would, you know, what would life look like? What would it be like to be in this space of devotion?
0: Yeah, Um, I'm so moved right now because what's coming up for me, just being so present to what's happening in the world and that we're here for it, right? Like we, I believe chose to be here in this time is like, what would happen if we were devoted to being a united humanity? Mm -hmm. And I really do believe that we experienced a united circle. And then we each get to go out to our own little worlds in different parts, if you know the globe and we get to start to share that frequency and not making anything be bad or wrong. How has your your experience been in integration? You and I, we've communicated quite a bit. It just sounds like we're drunk, just to be yeah. honest. Like <laughs> I was listening to our audio texts yesterday as I was, you know, so excited to have this conversation. It's like, we both sound wasted. Yeah. Because <laughs> we're so drunk and intoxicated on devotional love yeah exactly
1: exactly um yeah the integration was i mean thankfully i took those few days after the retreat to be by myself because i was like my body was just weak and i felt like just a new kind of like a newborn re-emerging um and also i've been i mean i've been really spacey like it's been kind of hard to remember where i put my keys like Just the simple 3D things. Bless him (laughs) sitting here. (laughs) He's been so supportive and so kind, and like um, grateful that I've had this experience. But being patient with me as I'm, like you know, weaving back into um, the everyday world. But um, yeah, I think what the integration has been challenging at times. Like I was actually still feeling exact like this like tightness in my chest and tightness in my throat and it wasn't until I physically worked out and sweated that it went away that it like dissipated but I was like playing my handpan I was journaling I was singing mantras but I really had to just get up and sweat and I felt so much better after um after that but I've been doing a ton of writing uh not really being on social media, just being in my own little bubble, reading and playing music, playing my handpan every day.
0: Just where being, is your where is your handpan? Is uh, it in close
1: proximity? proximity? It's not in close proximity. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Next time, but the, when it's like played on a recording, it doesn't sound so great. I need like sound equipment, but
0: yeah, yeah. What would you say is? Uh, is there a theme coming through your integration in terms of the downloads and insights?
1: Yeah, I think it's still just um, being present and just taking it step by step. Like, I have a vision, which has mm-hmm. been amazing. I've been like, uh, I created a, or I'm in the process of creating an organization and I have the logo and everything's formulating, which has been massive because that was what I wanted clarity on before the Mm -hmm. retreat. And it was only after that I got the name, like the name came to me. I'm like, this is what I'm doing. And I just feel so devoted to that, which has been Mm -hmm. such a blessing to feel secure in my path. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, it's been kind of my intentions, just like living those intentions like, trust myself, and I've been, you know, part of my mind's been going, like, oh, like, can you do it? I'm like, no, 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 <laughs> I can do this. I got I got source, and I'm connecting more deeply with my soul right now, which I feel like there's spirit, which is, you know, God's source energy, and there's your soul, who you are, and I'm like, my path is, you know, I'm merging the two. I'm going to be who I am, take each step, and trust that source has got me, so yeah, I guess that's, the theme has been kind of continuing my
0: intentions from before the ceremony
1: and living them Beautiful. and embodying them.
0: Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Do you remember, of course you remember, but that process that one of the facilitators um, offered us, which is to write down those two questions, what do you want to create more space for? And then what, I'm paraphrasing, but what is in the way, right? So to speak. Right. Right. Do you, what is in the way for me has shown up vividly since ceremony and it's Rumi by the way also was downloading through me um I was journaling and journaling and Rumi's quotes just kept coming through and I was like this is interesting and so then I went on this long rabbit hole online search of like looking for like the most obscure Rumi quotes I had never heard And then I found one, um, and it was just, I'm paraphrasing a bit, but when you live deeper in your heart, the mirror gets clearer and cleaner. And I was like, yes. So what can get in the way for me with certain initiations and activations, which are always a gift, um, especially around family, is when I'm not living deeply in my heart. And If I'm not living deeply in my heart, I have no access to my devotional leadership and feeling wholly aligned and and embodied, right? So do you know what gets in your way or do you remember what your answers were and what you released to the grandfather fire? Yes, I love you, are nodding, yes, please. like, yeah, this is it, right? This is it, we can think about the divinity all day long, but we actually have to still live in the 3D world and just be aware of what comes up and have compassion as we observe and then let it go.
1: Yeah, totally. And I'm so glad that you mentioned your experience because it's been tough coming back because I I thought that I, you know, fully trusted myself, which I do on many levels, but my behaviors sometimes it's those like um those reactions and those like those reactions basically that I'm like why wait, why did I do that? I fully trust myself. Why did I question myself when I know I got this or um with my partner, just little things that have come up. I'm like, I feel like I moved past this, but my behavior, it's showing those same patterns that I thought I moved past. But the beauty in this, I think in this being shown to us is that like, it's a reminder of um, our commitment to our vision and our commitment to being devoted and you know it's kind of the reality of it all and coming back to our sovereignty like we have to choose or not we have to choose but if we want to be devoted to our path we do have to choose that path of like all right in this moment am I gonna react or like what can I what practices can I embody um to help me respond with more love and more compassion or what what boundaries can I set what stronger boundaries can I set so I can continue to be devoted to my career and also my family um Mm -hmm. those are like themes that have definitely come up for me and I think like yeah it's a lot of the work is um still navigating this 3d life like the plant medicine doesn't heal you it shows you I think what possible and yes there's somatic healing I believe but um you have to do the work after and memorialize your experience in some way. Like even for me, just writing devotion or creating this organization or maybe it's creating art or something, I think to help you help remind yourself of what's, what happened so that it's that daily like subconscious reminder.
0: Yes, I love that. Um, with your mission being to help people cultivate divine love in their relationships, How are boundaries and discerning what boundaries are, not only within our own lives, um, our personal experience with our source, um, but then with our spouse or parents or friends, community clients, how does that play into sovereignty? Mm. I mean,
1: I feel like, I mean, boundaries are the container for your sovereignty i feel mm-hmm. i'm answering this question in the way that it was intended but i feel like boundaries are so sacred um mm-hmm. because that's how you protect your energy and um for like cultivate that love deep within you and um for example like even ban- boundaries with your partner or with loved ones, like if they want you to go out to dinner or go out for drinks or movies, whatever, and you wanna like actually just sit and do some work or you have to do some of your work. It's like, how can I communicate this with love? So Mm -hmm. that there isn't that energy of anger, energy of like judgment. But you know, you just hold your boundaries with love and it can it can be that easy. But it's just that cultivation of love that can flow through to your communication with your family, with your loved ones, um, with source, with soul, mm-hmm. because it's the energy that truly matters. And that's what can create all these changes in your life. Like, mm. So, yeah, I think that's what that's my mission is to help people like continue to cultivate that loving energy so that they can heal the relationship with. First, themselves, because I think yeah. that's most important. But then it starts to dis- like, to radiate into the world around you, to relationships with friends, families, nature, um, yeah. like mm-hmm. the earth. We, mm-hmm. There is such a lack of um, divine love in like Western society for Mama Gaia, for mm-hmm. like the food that we eat. Um, just being here and being present to how much of a gift this life is, life is. So,
0: yeah, yeah. I love that, that it, the word that came up, um, as you're talking about our divine love and devotion to Madre Tierra is reverence. You know, I remember both nights of our ceremony. Our facilitator took, it up, took us out to this big, beautiful, I think, oak tree or avocado tree. Just massive, beautiful, vibrant tree of life. And we got to offer tobacco and, and prayers. And we literally asked Mother Earth and the Chumash area that we were inhabitating, you know, for the ceremony weekend to bless this experience. And it was so sincere. Yeah. the integrity as i understand the term integrity to be from the intake consult call to this moment was so impeccable i wish everybody that i've ever heard tell me they want to try an experience with plant medicine could go through what we went through for your first time i mean it was just so sacred and anyway i just wanted to share that but like what an honor, right? And a blessing yeah. to meet you in that environment. Yeah. Um, and for both of us, quite frankly, to come so fucking undone. I remember I shared and my looping was coming up so hard after I shared. And I was like, I don't belong here. I need to go home. I need to just get out, go home. And I remember like, can you, can you finish the living room? It's like, I can't do it. I can't do one more moment. You're like, you were, you know, you were like, huh? Like you could. I, really, like, really <laughs> I probably did have to repeat it at least twice because you're like, huh? Like because your brain wasn't computing like anything real life. You were just out right. there, you know, in the infinite, vast nature yeah. of you know divine consciousness. <laughs> and I was like, I can't be here for one moment longer. And but as I integrated, you know, and more and more than I get present to it, it was like, what a beautiful sacred container that y'all held for me. And, and that's truth. All the other stuff is just stuff I'm working through, you know? And, and it just, again, gave me so much compassion for humanity because we're all working some deep, traumatic, ancestral or karmic shit out on the micro every day. But not everyone gets an opportunity to sit in such a sacred ceremony. To get to yeah. witness and then to actually be radically responsible and be like, oh, that's what I can do and get in the way of all this bliss.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, I think it's. Uh, it was definitely such a privilege to be with people who had so much reverence for the practice and just for life in general. And mm-hmm. I think that's what, um, if people were thinking of trying it with someone, uh, you definitely like find someone you trust who's done it before and see who they've practiced with. Like I heard Ruby's podcast on her experiences from ayahuasca, her, um, her scary experiences. And I've heard so many scary stories about it. And I'm like, all right, if I Go into this. I'm definitely doing it with someone I trust. And um, because you're so open, like you said, we're just so undone. And had I been with anyone else um, who wasn't in full integrity, who didn't really cultivate that loving, compassionate energy and really honor every single soul in there and the space around them, then my experience could have been totally different. It could have been traumatized. Like so I'd it was beautiful, but it was beautiful because of that sacred container, like you said.
0: So mm. yeah, I was very, very safe. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was uncomfortable because an old looping of perfectionism came up for me. Of, of, I thought I was past that part in my journey. <laughs> <laughs> And I got to just go so deep to see like, nope, <laughs> nope. <laughs> it wasn't funny in the moment. It was a little <laughs> funny later. It's yeah. it's now pretty funny now, right? Because isn't that it? Like we have this experience of this 5D consciousness. We get to be one with it and have deep reverence for it. And then we have to really live in the real life and see where our old shit comes up and it gets activated with all these beautiful self-initiations around the people that we've known for a long time or live with or have to connect with. And it's like, the work gets so real after, Yeah, right? That's the whole thing. So I know we're beginning to wrap up the conversation, but I'd love to know what's come up for you that- You've worked through that. You feel really good about like, okay, that was not just something that I made up in my mind. That was like a fluke of, you know, of a healing. Cause I love how you said the plant medicine doesn't heal you. She shows you the insights that you can continue to work with yourself, work with source. If you're devoted. Right. And you don't bypass, <laughs> you know, the hard parts called integration. <laughs> yeah. yeah. These past few weeks.
1: I guess what I feel, I feel super confident in my mission and what I'm creating next, because honestly, I've been coaching for the past two years, but kind of dipping my toes in, seeing if I really enjoyed it, Um, which I do. I, I love it. But then I was like, well, can I actually do this? Can I really start my own business? Like, you know, and it was just that doubt coming up and thinking of other opportunities I wanted to pursue but now I know for sure like this is it um Mm. I'm creating something so much larger than me which gives me that I guess sacred container to keep like devoting myself because it's not just about me it's about like the people I'm going to bring together the events I'm going to create and the experiences that I'm going to bring to others to help them realize how powerful they are too um but yeah i guess what i felt like my experience was very somatic in ways and i mean i felt that deep gratitude i felt that deep love and my body like every cell in my body was vibrating at the end of uh sunday morning (laughs) i was like really just in it and sure you can name it name that whatever you want but um when you're in that experience your intuition is just so spot on and when you know (laughs) that you're feeling something it just deepens and you're like okay that's it um so I felt that divine presence and I just knew I knew I knew I knew in my body and my bones that, like, I am protected and I am guided and that I got this. Um, And, yeah, that was not a figment of my imagination. And the events, like, the, the sun coming out from the clouds to just, like, bring me some warmth because I was, like, I'm still, like, feeling everything. How do I even get out of this? Like, trying to put my hands on the earth to, like, feel the coldness and ground myself. And then the sun came. And then I I ate some food, like got the gifts from the earth. Um, But yeah, I was like, I will never forget this feeling. Um, Mm. I'll never forget the experience. And even if I can't bring myself back to that feeling, I will remember devotion. And that's what will bring that whole Mm. experience back to me. So
0: yeah. One, maybe two final questions. How would you describe your embodiment of devotion now? Oh,
1: my embodiment of devotion is I mean one of my intentions was that I wanted to heal my relationship with creativity and Mm. nearly every day since I've come back home I've been playing my handpan and it's been such Mm. a joy to me um Mm. and I've been in my flow I've um you know, felt the handpan on my fingers. I've just been looking and noticing, but like, I know my hands are just operating on their own. And that's just been very blissful. Mm -hmm. And why that also ties into like my devotion to my path is because I know that life isn't just about the doing, it's about the being. And that I have to make space for my creativity. Like we are all creative beings, no matter who you think you are, we have that feminine and we have that masculine, you are creative. So whether it's writing poems, whether it's painting, drawing, singing, um, it's so necessary to create that space for yourself because that is your energy. Like you are cultivating your energy and your soul. Um, and that plays into like how you show up in your everyday life. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Um, that's been a big part of it. Plus, journaling, I'm a big writer. <laughs> I must write every day or else my mm-hmm. mind might explode.
0: So. <laughs> it might not be a <laughs> bad <day. laughs> thing. Right? I love it when I've lost my mind. I'm like, thank God.
1: <laughs> I've got a pen. I just got to write something, anything.
0: <laughs> I love how you, how, you, how you phrase that. Healing my relationship with creativity. And then that became such a devotional prayer that then you're just in flow and it's like, who's moving my fingers? Yeah. Yeah. Who's making this sound? It's not you.
1: Yeah. It just makes space for like that inspiration to flow through you. Inspiration, source, soul, God, but it's that energy where you're just like so in the moment and Mm -hmm. so present and just, enjoying yourself and you know what's funny about well my experience with the handpan is that as soon as I get caught up and like thinking about the future or thinking about the next note like I slip and it's such a reminder for me to always stay present because if I keep thinking too far into the future I'm gonna slip so it's like just stay present. I think music is a beautiful way to kind of gauge how you're being and how you're acting, because you can tell when those like performers are just in flow, like flamenco or whatever. Um, thinking of a Spanish guitarist or like that other guitarist at our ceremony. Oh my gosh, she is just such a clear vessel for <laughs> playing this beautiful music, but you can just like yeah. really understand what's happening inside of you if you're playing music and um just paying attention yeah
0: Yeah, but one of the things that i i i heard actually on an episode of of an amazing podcast called modern psychedelics which ruby was recently on this person his name is tony moses he's a well-known facilitator in the plant medicine space i loved what he said about music and plant journeys plant medicine journeys he said the plant medicine gets directed From the music, and I was like, Oh, I don't know if everyone's going to actually agree with that, but for me, that is so fully resonant. Because as soon as the other facilitator who would sing, uh, from his soul and then play the guitar, like, and a lot of it was channeling, some of it he had written before, but some of it was channeling in the present moment for us, I was like, I never felt more wholly alive in my life. Mm Yes, yeah, Yeah. with you, that. that, and that is. If you get one of those experiences in life, you are deeply blessed, right? And you can hold on to that frequency for as often and as long as you need and want. Yeah, totally. One of these days, we're going to have have you play the handpan for us here.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Anything else that you'd like to share about a return to devotion or anything that you'd like to share about what you have coming up or anything you wish I would have asked? I feel like
1: this conversation just flowed beautifully, to be honest. Um, what's, I guess, what's coming up for me in the future now is, uh, what a statement, in the future now. <laughs> um, it's all the same, past, present, future, still integrating. Um, but I'm receiving all my my programs, like my my mentorship offerings, which... We can call it coaching offering. So I have a six-week program and a twelve-week program, and the name of the twelve-week program is Cultivation and Devotion. Mm-hmm. Um, that is what came out of the ceremony, and I've you know it's the work I've been doing, but really taking it deeper. So I take people through a journey of um, excavating what is no longer serving them; those limiting beliefs. Going through that um, that first cycle of a forgiveness or second third whatever and then mm-hmm. um then cultivating devotion within you so like how can you devote yourself more to your everyday life and like let's get rid of that word discipline like mm-hmm. let's substitute it with devotion because that's what it really is like how would you feel if you were so devoted to your work how would you feel if you were so devoted to meditation not like oh well i want to be so disciplined that i can get up and meditate every day it's about bringing in that joy and that enthusiasm you don't have to like live by these made-up rules in your head that like oh well at six o'clock i'm going to meditate for 20 minutes and then i'm going to go right to something else which is what i used to do um Mm -hmm. like i used to be in that doing mode but
0: um because you were disciplined yeah yeah right I know. It's very painful, right? It's very it's got a lot of consequences if you don't honor the word. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. There's your joy and your enthusiasm and um gratitude for what you're devoted to. Yeah. It's a beautiful mm-hmm. distinction. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so it's such a nice energy that we can all tap into and I think mm-hmm. it really it also comes down to just starting to shift your vocabulary mm-hmm. and also, like, all right, what would bring me joy, true joy in this moment?
0: Yes. Um, yeah. So, I don't know that. where can uh, my listeners find out more about you? Where's the best place?
1: It can go to Instagram and then just shoot me a DM because I really like connecting with people one on one or on the phone. And so, if they're curious about programs or offerings, I also post moon ceremonies. So I do new moon ceremonies. And um, those are have been virtual. It'll probably be in person in the future because now I have a community. But um Mm -hmm. we'll see. Letting just take it
0: step by step. (laughs) And your Instagram is it's Natalie Hope. And I will leave that link in the show notes, y'all. Natalie, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your heart and your devotion, and such vulnerable parts of your journey to this moment, and for being my divine sister, and now part of this beautiful sacred sanctuary. We honor you.
1: Thank you so much for having me, and thank you for what you're gifting to the world and your community. It is so needed, and it's been such a pleasure to meet you and be on this show. Thank you so much. I um, mm. really have so much gratitude for you and the listeners. Thank you for
0: being here Uh Uh thank you for listening to fire and soul if you enjoyed today's episode please subscribe rate and review this podcast on your favorite pod player and if you'd like to connect on social you can find me anywhere at michelle sorrow Or if you'd like to reach out to me directly, you can at fireandsoulpodcast.com. Thanks for listening.